All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with John and the Pino. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to get to the latest on Jim Harbaugh. I've got different takes on that. If you're an Ohio State fan, I don't know that you're going to love them, but we're going to have to be honest about it. We'll do it coming up in about 20 minutes. You want to stay tuned for that. Now let's get to the fan focus. All right, leading us off, it's going to be Nick and Dustin reacting to the David and Joku clip talking about Deshaun Watson that we played in the first hour. Reading him, you know, seeing the chemistry that, that that's growing, you know, among us, it just helps us that much more. How's he looked? Lights out. Lights out. Yeah, he's back. Lights out, man. He looks amazing. You know, just just this week, the, throw, the balls he's been throwing, it it, 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 it almost like we had to remind ourselves who, who we really have. You know what I mean? He is exceptional. That is effusive praise from David Njoku on what he's seen from Deshaun Watson this week. And I'm just curious, like, when you hear that and think about everything we said in the first segment about the importance of this game and about how the Browns are dinged up in this one with, with your, you know, your starting tackles out. I'm just curious, like, when you heard David Njoku literally stop Daryl to be effusive in his praise of Deshaun Watson from practice, what does that bring to mind to you? Uh, it brings to mind that they are – Really excited about Deshaun. I feel like last week was it was a, a nice little kind of reprieve for him and getting him back out there. I think the team has confidence in him. Um, here's what here's what it reminded me of as I was listening. That the Ravens are the known quantity in this one, and the Browns are the unknown. What I think Nick meant about the unknown is that we don't know with Deshaun Watson. We know what Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is an MVP winner, and he's also now an MVP frontrunner for this season. We know what their defense is, the same way we know what our defense is, right? Like, we do have some known quantities on this team, but when it comes to Deshaun, he's an unknown quantity. And what we're stacking up right now is we're stacking up the idea that you're taking on a Ravens team that is legitimately going for the number one seed in the AFC. They've got everything clicking on all cylinders right now. They've won four straight. Doesn't seem like anyone is really been competitive with them in recent weeks and you're putting that up against a Browns team that should be trending upward but we don't know what Deshaun really is even though Deshaun has played his two best games as a member of the Browns in the previous two full games that we've seen him play Deshaun is trending up in my mind it doesn't mean that he's a known quantity he's not a known quantity and I think that's the point that Nick was trying to make but I like that David Njoku is speaking positively about Deshaun right now I like that Njoku is willing to put his name and stamp his name towards his quarterback. Confidence is a drug. It's a very, very big-time boost for someone like Deshaun Watson to hear someone like David Njoku say those things. I I know it is. I know it is. All right, next up, Ken and Lima. As Ken was trying to donate a signature of Lima and Ken... To somebody that used to work here for a charity event, and things went a little south. She sent a message like, hey, did you send that? I'm like, yeah, I sent it on Friday. It was on Monday. And I went, oh, God. Because it always, I mean, if you send something that in, sh- in short of a distance, it's going to get there either the day of or day next day or the day after. And I'm going, oh, my God. And I said, let me know. And here it is. I go, you didn't get it, did you? No, we didn't get it. I'm going, 
all right, well, I got to get a go. I got to go get another one. I got to have Tone sign it and having you sign it. Having Anthony sign anything, guys, is a huge deal because he gets all upset about his signature for whatever reason because it looks like a five year old drew it. It's a massive undertaking. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible drawing. And then he goes, what? Who's it for? And then, then should I write anything? Where should I sign it? Where do you want me to sign it? He acts like he's put like, out by it. I like to put a smiley face. On yeah, it. he like he puts a smiley face when on there's it. No, twenty five bucks for it. When I there's nothing my, yeah. smiley about the situation, and then I got to pay Tone twenty five dollars for it out of my own pocket, which That's is up. odd. And I sent the damn thing, and it's this is the first time. Do you want any tracking? No, I never want the tracking. Do you want a receipt? And for the first time, I've been sending things through the mail since I was like twelve years old. For the first time in my life, no, I don't need a receipt. Walked right out. I was in a hurry. At Friday night touchdown last Friday, I had to get going. And sure as hell, now this thing's missing. And I said, I was like, hey, like, can I say, well, the event's tonight. And I don't want to put you out. And you're really busy. I'm going, yeah. You're just going to have to show up to the event now. It's pretty clear what you have to do. You go there, you take a selfie with the person, and then you <laughs> autograph their phone. And then you have to have me come and do it, too. Great. I got like 12 takeaways from that story. One of the bigger ones is, why don't we have 8x10s of Ken and Anthony around the station? Radio stations used to have 8x10s of all the personalities. I'm not saying you got to have an overtime with John at the Peter one, because that's that's never going to come in play, okay? Like, that's not... Although, let me tell you this story really quickly. At the tailgate on Sunday. So what I love about the tailgates on Sundays is I do actually get a lot of you guys that come up and you say hi and you tell me nice things and it always makes my day. It's always fun when when I have people with me as well that aren't fan, like aren't on the fan. And then you guys are like, hey, Jonathan. And then it's like, you know, the guy that's sitting next to me is not like, you know, a consistent member of the fan. And then they're like, oh. Yeah, okay, go ahead. That's that's great. Like, all right, fine. Go go talk to that person. That's okay. It's a it's a nice it's a nice boost to my ego is what I'm saying, okay? It's very nice. But but last Sunday we had I had, I had a fan come up. It was me and G Bush on the stage. Hey Jonathan. I go, "Yeah. Will you sign my iPhone?" And he pulled out his iPhone to have me sign his iPhone. And I said, "No." I, I said, you don't want my autograph on your iPhone. That's a mistake. You're drunk, and that's a problem. And he goes, if I get a Sharpie, will you sign my iPhone? I'm like, no, I won't sign your iPhone. I'm not going to be mean about it. And then I was joking about joking about it with G. Bush. I'm like, G. Bush, only thing that's happening there is he's like taking my signature and using it for something else. Like, nobody genuinely wants a Jonathan Peter on iPhone signature. That's not what you – there's no way. That is like – that's an instant regret. No chance you actually want that. But – if I had an 8x10 of overtime with Jonathan Peterlin, I can't sign your iPhone, but here's this nice photo of me. I'd take that, and then I don't know. I don't know what you would do with such a thing, but take that and go. It'd be great. All right, other thing on this, though. You can always tell the kid that wanted to become a professional athlete based off of whether or not they like or don't like their signature. So like me... I thought at 12 years old I was going to play shortstop for the Cubs. And so, you know, you practice your autograph on everywhere and anywhere. I would practice on other people, like other players' baseball cards. I would practice my own signature because one day I was going to have my own baseball card, right? And you come up with really cool signatures attached to that. Any kid that dreamed of playing professional sports at any level practiced their signature. Because that's what you got to do as a pro, right? And you have a really cool signature. So I think I have a really cool signature because I practice it a lot as like a 12-year-old. Lima clearly never thought he was going pro in anything. That's what that is. Ken? Ken probably thought he was going pro in something. 
probably has a pretty sweet signature. Lima, you told on yourself. 12 was about the age I realized I was not going pro, by the way. It was about 12 that I realized that, and I uh, instead then I, I was like, uh, hey, broadcasting, let's, let's do that instead. What well, might have been? What might have been? Next up. Basket. Talking about Stephen Vogt and the new Cleveland Guardians manager. He said, look, I've been in Milwaukee. I've been in Tampa. I've been in Oakland. Those are all low payroll uh, situations across Major League Baseball. So I think he'll get that. I do think that that may have been advantage vote, you know, when getting the job. Because he does see how those organizations, especially Tampa, how they've had great success without having to put the money out there to pay for big league guys. And then yesterday, you know, there's some, there's a little bit, you know, like the, the Kyle Manzardo story and talking about getting a little bit of power out of the Arizona Fall League. Now, I, while I would love to be all in on that and think that we've got some big bats coming up, uh, I don't think they're going to be here uh, immediately, but maybe maybe there's a possibility. I, I, I don't know. I just I, I know what this team, what I want it to look like going down the road, and I know it all starts with pitching. One of the things I really like the most about him can this is this a compliment? Like like Baskin went down that road of like oh he was in Oakland he was uh, he was with the Rays like he's done the small market thing. It's not that it was a small market. It's just that Oakland was so awful when it came to spending, that the Guardians are going to look like Daddy Warbucks when it comes to spending. There's that scene in Moneyball where the A's were like charging players for Diet Cokes out of the vending machine. Like That's what we're working against. You're always going to look good when you're going up against the cheapest team in the league. But that can't be the reason why you hire a guy. You're not hiring a guy because they have small market experience. That's not really a thing. It's like if I went for a radio job in Milwaukee, they're not going to be like, great. You worked in Cleveland, so you know what to do here. It's like, no, that's not how that works. And by the way, we're much better and bigger than Milwaukee, so that was a bad comparison. Milwaukee is... Now, my my, uh, my new thing that I like to rip on, I like to rip on Las Vegas and call Las Vegas Milwaukee with bread or lights. People-wise, checks out. But small market to small market hire is not necessarily what... What works there and plays with me. Plus, also, I hate when people call Cleveland a small market because then you have me comparing it to Milwaukee, and it's just not Milwaukee. We have everything in the world you'd ever need here. It's not small market. It just isn't. There's just no other way around. You want to know small market? Small market is uh, Oklahoma City. That's a small market. Cleveland's not that. Now I'm getting mad about Cleveland. Okay, here we go. This happens every now and then the national show. I have CBS Sports Radio tomorrow night. I irrationally go out on rants just defending Cleveland all the time on the national show. Like, be like callers won't even try to go down that road. It'll be like uh, uh, Jack in Kentucky up next on CBS Sports Radio. And Jack will be like, I went to Cleveland once in 1995. And I'm like, you don't know Cleveland like I know Cleveland. I get very defensive about this city. That's fine. All right, next up, Nick and Dustin on food recommendations. The most pressure I felt in Charlotte was when Fedor, after I'd been there a couple years, was when Fedor reached out and was like, hey, here's where I'm staying. Where should I go for lunch? And I just felt, because I'm like, I know his bar is so high because, you know, it, it, and it, not just that, but when he when somebody asks you for places to eat in your town, there's just a lot of pressure there, especially as Tons a fat guy. Pressure. Tons but of pressure. I feel like I acquitted myself just fine. You've always got to listen to meal recommendations for uh, Chris Fedor. Just ask Jerry Greenberg. Oh. Uh, what was that place called, Keith? Wasn't it? Like, it was a the, breakfast spot in Arizona. Yeah. But it's got like 30 called, pl- locations. It, it was basically IHOP. Yeah. 
All right, a couple things on this. I wonder what the recommendation would be for if somebody's coming to Cleveland, what restaurant am I giving them? I Now, you guys know I go to a lot of restaurants, and so I would probably, I'd have to get more specific. Like, I, I'd have a pizza spot, I'd have a barbecue spot, I'd have a pasta spot, I'd have, we'd have to break this one down into sections. Tweet at me at Jay Peterman. I want to know what your restaurant recommendation is. When somebody comes into the city, what's the one place that you give them? I'm dying to know what that answer would be. Yeah, I like that. I, but I like food talk. I like restaurant talk. I can do that all day. Other thing is, I know how much that sucks to be in Fedor's position that way, where you give someone a recommendation and you don't understand that it's a national chain. That's what happened in that interview. When I lived in Houston, there was a, a, a sandwich spot named Jason's Deli that's a national chain. And my family came in town to visit me. And I'd been going to Jason's Deli for a few weeks at that point, And I was like, oh, you guys got to check it out. Nothing like this Jason's Deli. You've never had it before. And I took my whole entire family, two different cars, all loaded up as if we were going to eat at the Ritz. And uh, we got there, and then they all laughed their ass off. They're like, you idiot. We, we've all been to Jason's Deli. It's not, there's nothing special happening here. And I was like, really? I had no idea. And then I had to call an audible, and I think I just took him to a Tex-Mex, which is always fun. Great Tex-Mex in Houston, as you could uh, expect. All right. Lastly, here in the fan focus, let's wrap, wrap this thing up. Oh, this is a different one. This is a different one. I, ooh, I, I'm not taking it this way, but I like that Ken is. Ken wants the Steelers, and he wants them tomorrow. I want that Steelers game more than I want air. I want that Steelers game more than I want booze, more than I want pizza, more than I want my wife. I want that Steelers game. Interesting bad. order. I really do. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look right ahead and go. Hey, Ravens, big game against Baltimore. I want that Steelers game so bad I can taste it. I swear to God, to exercise that demon, Nick Chubb goes down, the whole thing goes down, and everybody. Well, they, they were they were so affected. I go, we were affected by Nick Chubb. They were leading, and every time we go to that hellhole, the stadium, it, it, and I just say because of the you know the, the atmosphere, the city's actually full of nice people and all that stuff. Every time we go to that place, something really bad seems to happen except for one glorious night. One wonderful evening. But every single time, it turns into a house of horrors. And we're coming back home next Sunday. And I'm going to hear all week long this T.J. Watt stuff. And, well, you know T.J. Watt. He, he, he really, maybe you guys like Miles Garrett, but T.J. really makes more plays. This, that, the other. And I mean, I can't. I have to. I have to have it. I admit it. I'm trying to stay focused on the Ravens, and I will stay focused on the Ravens. It's T.J. Watt. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's losing to Duck Hodges. It's the whole thing. Like, I got I got to have it. You got to win this game. I can't be thinking about the Steelers when I'm so focused on the Ravens. I don't understand. The Ravens have been much better against us in the previous three years. In the Lamar Jackson era, they've been much better against us than the Steelers have. I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm not scared of Pittsburgh. I might regret those words. I'm not scared of Pittsburgh. I'm scared of Baltimore right now. Baltimore is one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm usually not the one-game-at-a-time approach guy. I'm the one-game-at-a-time approach guy right now, though. I, I can't even be thinking about Pittsburgh. I won't be thinking about the Pittsburgh game. What, Wednesday of next week? Tuesday? I don't think we're going to turn the page that quickly. What's going to happen on Sunday is going to matter in such a big way, I can't turn it over that quickly. And that is the fan focus. We come on back. Want to hear from you guys? 216474 to below 92. I think the Big Ten created their perfect scenario. I'll explain what I mean by that. And was this the right punishment for Michigan? Your calls, your tweets, everything else, and more. It's overtime. With Jonathan Beatle here with you on the fan. This is Mike. My- tonight, tonight, 
Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys can be with me here on this Friday. It's gearing up, man. We got a busy, busy stretch for myself here. We have a CBS Sports Radio show tomorrow night. We got Browns pregame work on Sunday. We got a stretch. I just drank two protein shakes before I came on, which makes me sound like a little bit of a meathead, but it's just the opposite. I just, I, I don't know. I've been reading about all sorts of different reasons and ways to get yourself more full. I'm not eating a bunch of Halloween candy apparently is at the top of the list. I have been failing in that regard. They said protein. Throw some protein in there. Bought a lot of uh, protein a couple weeks ago. I think I, th- I told this story on air. Right? I went to the counter. I might have just told this to Nick Wilson. I actually never even said it on air. I went to the counter of the GNC. Now I said GNC, so I'm going to make them seem like they are what they are. I like GNC. They're good people. Uh, but the guy at the GNC was, well... I had two big tubs of protein. I put him down and I put him in front of uh, the guy and the guy, uh, he just, he made a, he made a comment about the amount of protein that I was buying. And then that was fine. And then he said, do you have a GNC number? And I said, yeah, I used to have one. I don't know if it's still good. I don't know if I have any awards. I haven't, haven't been here in a while. And the guy then retorted very quickly back. Yeah, it shows. And that didn't make me feel good at all. Um, that did not make me feel good. I don't blame him though. I think it just came to his head. And I think it was too good. He had to say it. And then I just laughed it off and it was what it was. So I've been, I've been drinking a lot of protein and I've been trying to make up for the fact that I had so many Snickers and so many Reese's and so many Halloween candy bars and such that uh, we're trying to get this thing back in, back in the good groove. And uh, I don't know. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it doesn't right now, if I'm being honest. I don't know that it's working very well. But I do know over the next four hours, I got a lot of sports things I want to discuss with you guys and I want to... I gotta wanna gotta get off my chest, really, is what it comes down to. This Ravens game is scaring the living daylights out of me. And I hate to be that guy, but it's where I stand. You guys know this about me. Whether we're talking about my weight and drinking protein, or whether we're talking about the Browns, I'm only gonna shoot you straight. And I don't love that I got four hours tonight. And four hours on Sunday. I don't know how much I'm going to talk about the Browns on the national show on Saturday. I imagine it'll be a very, very little bit, but it will get mentioned. How hell, hell, I might even talk about the Ravens and how wrong I was and spend a whole hour talking about how I owe the entire city of Baltimore, Charm City. I owe you guys all, all a big apology. Uh, from the people that gave me the wire, I should have given you more of a benefit of the doubt, but I was on my I hate the whole AFC North mantra. And listen, I was right. To a degree, I was right about Pittsburgh, just wrong, just flat out wrong about what this Baltimore team can be. Doesn't mean I'll be wrong in the long term, though. Sometimes it's about winning the war, not the battle. Feels like I still might end up being right about Baltimore because come postseason time, oh boy, do they turtle. They turtle in a big way, always have. Lamar Jackson has as many playoff wins as Baker Mayfield does. Let that sink in for a second. But where I was wrong about Baltimore and what has me fearful about Baltimore and listen, I don't want you guys to get mad at the mailman for delivering a bad piece of mail you don't like. Don't kill me for the message here. 
I'm just worried about how good the defense is for the Ravens. And if Deshaun can beat this defense, then he can beat any defense. And that's the point I want to drill home to you guys tonight. Question we're going to lead off with, 216474-0092. Do you have faith Deshaun will get it done on Sunday? And is this the biggest game he's ha- he has as a member of the Browns? Ravens defense is so good right now. And so if Deshaun can ball out in this game, we got no questions left. The beautiful thing about this game is that if Deshaun plays great, he's back like Jordan Ware in the 4-5. Now, I got to shout out my guy Tyvis Powell. Of course, does the post games with Jeff here on Sundays. But last Sunday, Tyvis put out the message, I'm back. And he did it on Twitter. And he had the whole Jordan, uh, you guys remember it. And if you're a kid of the 90s, you remember it. If you watch the Jordan documentary, you probably remember it. That's the beautiful thing about talking about Michael Jordan is that everyone during the pandemic all watched the Jordan documentary. So even if you're someone like Jax that is not old enough to have seen Michael Jordan really truly play basketball, uh, you watch you watch the whole entire thing. You watch the uh, the 10 part propaganda infomercial that helped everyone key in on some of what some of what MJ was about. But when Tyvis tweeted that out, that to me was too premature. Okay? In my mind at least. Deshaun threw some passes that I couldn't have placed in Amari's hands better. But that doesn't mean he's back completely. How he gets back is going to be dependent on what we see against this Ravens defense. Because he can't play against the Browns defense. He plays them in practice, but he can't play them in an actual game. So he won't go up against the very best defense in the NFL for my money. That is the Browns. He'll go up against the second best defense in the NFL for my money. And in some metrics, what's amazing about this Baltimore team I have metrics that tell me they are as good or knocking on the door of that 2000 Ravens defense while also having an MVP caliber quarterback in Lamar Jackson. That's what makes them scary. There's no uh, Dilfer's dimes hanging out in the corner. What makes them scary right now is they have a quarterback, they have a run game, they have multiple pass catchers, including OBJ and his purple hair. OBJ will be back for this Sunday, by the way. And they have a defense that is, it's ferocious. But let's key in on Deshaun in this one. Now, David Njoku was talking to our Browns insider, Daryl Ryder, and they were in doing a little one-on-one in the locker room. And this is what uh, Daryl's conversation with David Njoku sounded like. You tell me whether or not you think David Njoku is excited about the prospect of uh, Deshaun Watson this weekend. Yeah, a little, little rhythm, you know. Um, it helps having Deshaun back, too, because, you know, he's just such a like I said, such a powerful component for our team. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's really, really talented. So, um just, you know, reading him, you know, seeing the chemistry that, that that's growing, you know, among us, it just it helps us that much more. How's he looked? Um, Lights I mean, out. From my Lights out. Like he's, you know, yeah, he's back. Lights out, man. Like he looks amazing. You know, just, just this week, the, throw, the balls he's been throwing, it, 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 it almost like we had to remind ourselves who, who we really have. You know what I mean? He is exceptional. Now, I kind of answer that the way when, when I ask Daryl questions and Daryl cuts me off and then goes really quick, he kind of answered it that way. Like, I'm annoyed you even asked me that question. He's great. We know he's great. Lights out is what David Njoku had to say there. Lights out. Beating this Ravens defense would show me something that Deshaun has yet to show me. It's the final step in a video game. This is the final step since the Ravens defense isn't a bunch of slappies like the Titans and the Cardinals. The Cardinals secondary was spinning around back there like the teacups at Disney. That's not a good secondary. 
Titans defense was not, that's not a good secondary. That's not a good, there's not much of a defense happening there. The Ravens are allowing a touchdown on just, just shy of 9% of their opponent's drives. Since 2000, only one defense has been better, and that was the Ravens' defense, and it wasn't by much. The way we talk about our defense is the way the national media is talking about the Ravens' defense right now. And don't get mad at me for spreading that message. I'm just telling you how it is. Sometimes I feel like when we have these discussions, listen, I get it. You guys work your 9 to 5, or maybe you're starting your third shift now. You guys got a busy day. Hell, I take one day off. Like, for instance, Thursdays are my day off, right? And on Thursdays, I do pay attention to sports radio, and I do plug myself into things, not as hard as I do on Monday through Wednesday and then Friday through Sunday and every other little bit of it, but I do plug myself in. But on Thursdays, I spend a lot of time with my daughter, and we do a lot of different daddy-daughter type things, and I take care of her, and I do things around the house, and I get it. I, I completely get it. I, I, lose, I lose myself for one day, and I come back, and I'm like, wait, where are we at? Oh, Dewan Jones is just not – he's just not in the game anymore? Okay. He's just not playing on Sunday? Sure. He went from not practicing to that. Like, it all happened so fast. So don't, don't feel bad if maybe you're working hard, you're taking care of your house, you're taking care of your kids, you're doing whatever you need to do in life, and then you're just now hearing me now and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that Ravens defense was that good. Don't feel bad about that, okay? That's not – my job is to make sure I know that. That's not your job. I'm here to tell you guys that. But what I'm, the only reason why I'm emphasizing it as much as I am is because if Deshaun can take care of the Ravens' defense and what they currently are, I'm here to tell you, they're not fraudulent, that Baltimore defense. They're really, really good to the point where if Deshaun can take care of them, then he'll be back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. Then he'll be the I'm back. And I can't even use it because Tyvis Powell jumped the gun and did it last week. So I can't even I can't even spread that out there and use that one. It would just feel like I'm copying our buddy Tyvis. So I can't even do that. If he dominates Baltimore, that's what I'm expecting the rhetoric to be. And this works both sides of the coin, right? This works same thing if he absolutely trips over the garden hose and doesn't look good. We have to have some of the same conversations, just uno reverse card it, though. As opposed to us talking about deep postseason run, Deshaun being back, Deshaun being uh, as good as he's ever been, all this nonsense, everything else like that, we'd have to say, ooh, all right. Well, he beat up on a bunch of slappies. Beat up a bun- on a bunch of uh, uh, Cardinals defenders that are – did you ever look at the Arizona Cardinals defense? Have you, have you seen what they have? Have you seen the amount of undrafted guys on that team? Have you seen how they, they're not even really trying to win games in Arizona, it feels like? That'll have to be the conversation. What a, what a living grease fire the Titans secondary has turned out to be. I need this for Deshaun. I need this. This almost feels like week one against Cincinnati, where we were just so filled with hope so filled with an unknown of what Deshaun was going to end up being. But we, we sat there and we, we said to ourselves, if he can just be awesome, we'll know it instantly and then we can be off to the races. And he wasn't awesome in that game, but they put up a lot of points and the defense was awesome, so we held on to hope. Well, he's going to have a new, fresh set of opportunity, at least for me, from me, to be able to show us that he's back, to be able to show us that he's his old self, he has now put together his two best games in the previous two times that he's played a full game with the Browns, and this is the real test. This is the one. I said it earlier in the week, I believe it to be true. If we beat Baltimore, 
I am close to treating it like it's a BOGO. It's a buy one, get one free. We beat Baltimore. I don't know why we'd have an issue with the Steelers the week after that. Baltimore is that much better of a team. Their defense is a million times better. Their quarterback is a million times better than what the Steelers are. If we beat Baltimore, we can beat anybody. At that point, we'd have true momentum on our side as well. 216-474 to below 92. I want to hear from you guys, though. Is this the biggest game for Deshaun as a Brown? And do you have faith that he's going to be able to get the job done on Sunday? At JP, I want to say you find me on Twitter, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. Again, through the phone lines, 216-474 to below 92. We'll get to you and more next right here. It's Overtime with Jonathan Peterwin on The Fan.